look at the first couple verses and the last couple verses. Uh, and we're just going to skip a few in the middle. I think uh, it shows a contrast here. Now, the book of Proverbs, I, um, I've said it before, is a really good book uh, to just get in there and read each day, read a chapter a day. They're not very long. You can start in the middle of the book. You can start, you know, tomorrow's the 10th or today's the 9th. You can start on chapter 9, which is where we are today. You can read all of it, and then tomorrow you can read chapter 10 and go through to the end of the month, 31 chapters, uh, and then just start over and uh, get, there's so much good uh, wisdom in this uh, chapter about, you know, just everyday living uh, and everyday living for God. Uh, and, you know, it's, it never fails when I get in here and see uh, things that just really pertain to today. And I, I don't know how many times I've read through them. But it seems like each uh, time I've done that, where I've gone each day in a month, I always find something for that day. I always find something that's needed that, that helps me. Uh, so I, I challenge you, if you've not read through all of Proverbs, to read through it. Now, a lot of times the verses, uh, maybe one or two go together, but a lot of times they don't. A lot of times it's just different thoughts. Uh, and, you know, kind of maybe disjointed, I guess. Uh, but, you know, it has a lot packed into a small book. Uh, but Proverbs 9, verse 1, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She cried, crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she said unto to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding. Now we're going to skip down to verse 13. This is kind of the, the other voice, the other way, the opposite, whatever you want to call it. Verse 13, a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing, for she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would help us to learn tonight. Lord, draw us closer to you. Lord, please give me the unction of the Holy Spirit tonight to be able to preach. And Lord, so that you could get the glory. And Lord, we're, we're desiring revival. And Lord, I'm, I pray that it would start with us. Lord, that you'd revive us, you'd stir us up, draw us closer to you. And Lord, help us to get rid of uh, the excuses and the distractions in our lives so, and that we can just serve you and be found doing your will and live pleasing to you. And in Jesus' name we pray and amen. So we see at the beginning, like I was saying, there's kind of a, uh, it's almost like opposites here. We've got two different voices. And at first, uh, in verse 1, wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out uh, her seven pillars. Uh, so in the book of Proverbs, one of the big things it deals with is wisdom. You know, that's a, a common uh, theme of the book. And really, that's what the book is about. And, and uh, wisdom sometimes in Proverbs is referred to as a person like this one. Uh, and here, 
uh, this wisdom uh, that the Bible is talking about is taking the truth from God's word that, uh, or what sometimes the Bible calls knowledge, that biblical truth, but then applying it and living it and using it. That's the wisdom part, not just knowing it, but doing it, you know, applying it, living it. That's what wisdom means when it's talked about in the Bible. So uh, verse 10, if we skip down to there, uh, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the holy is understanding. So uh, right there, we see that fear of the Lord. And, and if you've read the book of Proverbs, you know, uh, chapter one, verse seven says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, you know, so you know, and then here the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the first steps in knowledge and wisdom. Now, again, we're talking about biblical knowledge, biblical wisdom uh, and understanding in both of those spots. The fear of the Lord is the first step. So if you want to gain biblical truth and real uh, biblical wisdom, it's the fear of the Lord. Uh, and here's the thing. It's it's easier to look at the opposite. The people that don't fear the Lord they don't care about what the Bible says, right? The people that the people that don't think the Lord is real or don't think he's a good God or anything else, they will not seek to learn his word. But the opposite, if you fear the Lord, now this is not a, uh, like a fear of snakes or spiders. This is this fear of the Lord is a reverencing the Lord. We, uh, he is holy. He is sovereign. He's God. He's high and lifted up, but he also loves me, but he's also righteous and he's, uh, but he's also merciful. It's putting the, all those things together. We should have a fear of the Lord, which is uh, basically saying that I, I want to do what I want to do, what God wants me to do. You know that I, I'm seeking to do that. I can't live perfectly, but I don't want to let the Lord down. That's the fear of the Lord. And he says, that's the beginning of both knowledge and wisdom. See, if I don't fear the Lord and, uh, and you know, when it comes to future things, I won't be afraid that he's going to judge, right? If you don't believe in the Lord, you're never going to believe when we say you're going to stand before Jesus Christ. Uh, we say that to people and they're like, what do you mean? Didn't he die, right? Didn't he die and that was it, right? And is that, what do you mean we're going to stand before him? Or isn't he just loving and he's my pal and he accepts everything? That's not a fear of the Lord. You'll never gain wisdom either. Because why would you live a godly, righteous life if you don't think God uh, says that we need to live a godly and righteous life? You won't. You won't do that. You won't take the things of God's word and apply it unless you have a fear of the Lord. And I was thinking about, you know, look at what it says uh, in verse one. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. And I was thinking about like a building project. And, you know, we're uh, working on the ramp out here, the uh, outside and Aaron's working on it. And uh, the. Basically, Friday was the first day where they tore out the old one. Well, after at the end of the day, uh, Harper was asking us, why, is, why isn't it done yet? Right. Why, why are we still working on it? Why isn't it done? Uh, and I I was joking with Brooke. I said, well, it's a good thing she wasn't alive when we were building our house because it took a lot longer than this is going to take. You know, it, it took months and months. And really, our house was done pretty quickly. But we had some slowdowns, right? We had some things that, uh, especially the bank, they slowed us down at different times and uh, ran into weather issues and different things like that. And uh, I probably shouldn't talk too much about building issues. We might lose the whole crowd to, uh, here tonight. But you think about, uh, you know, it takes a long time to build a house, doesn't it? 
It takes a long time. And I, I thought, you know, think of all the stuff that goes into it. It's a lot of planning, right? There's a lot of planning that goes into it. And then one of the things that blew my mind was all the choices. You know, it's obvious, like, how many rooms, and do you want a two-story or a ranch or different things like that? But then everything inside of it, right? All the fixtures, all the lights, everything else, uh, all the colors of the walls. And then, I'll never forget, I, I felt like that one night I had made so many choices, and I was done making choices. And then Aaron says, well, one of the last things we need to talk about tonight is what color do you want the gutters? And he pulls out this thing, and I don't know how many, it looked like there was 50 gutter colors on there. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. We just went with white, by the way. Or a light color. But you think about that. All those choices. But it made me think of this. You're never going to accidentally build a house. It's not going to be by accident. You're not just going to, well, let's just see what happens, right? That's not going to work, or it's not going to work well. It's not going to stay up. Like I said, it takes planning, saving money. You got to go get a loan. Uh, you got to find the builder. You got to choose the plans. And when they actually start working on it, the builder has a whole lot of work to do, working with the contractors, you know, permits, all those different things, getting everything scheduled at the right time and everything else. So look back at verse one, wisdom hath builded or built her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. And this shows me just like you're not going to build a house by accident, you are not going to have that biblical wisdom, that knowledge applied in your life. You're not going to live biblically according to the way God wants you to by accident either. It's not going to happen. And if you follow, uh, you think about the way this world's knowledge is, it's the opposite of God's word. If you're just going to haphazardly do things, you're going to follow this world is what's going to happen. You're not going to go in the right way. And that made me think about this. Not only are you not going to accidentally have a house or accidentally have wisdom, you're not going to accidentally have a biblically centered marriage. You're not accidentally going to have a biblically centered family or career or anything else. All these things we know, they come by prayer, filling our hearts with God's word, being led by the spirit and everything else. And when the spirit convicts us, we respond to that, walking by faith, growing in grace. And these things are, and this is what I struggle with. Uh, I want to do things quickly, but we know uh, that uh, when it comes to growing closer to God, we're the ones slowing God down. So it is uh, uh, striving to do God's will, getting in his word, uh, uh, gaining that wisdom day after day, month after month, year after year, and even decade after decade. You know, I notice a lot when you look at different characters in the Bible, their growth was a long time. Amen. They, in fact, uh, God a lot of times had them in the growing and learning period longer than he had them in the using period. And this is what we see. It takes time and effort. But think about this, Aaron, when he built our house, it's been about seven years ago. Imagine if he's still working on the foundation after all these seven years and hadn't gone any higher than that. Right? Imagine that. If he hadn't progressed any further, we wouldn't be happy about it. Right? And I bet the bank would really not be happy about it. They probably would just cut it off and say we're done. But why? Why do we get satisfied when it comes to gaining wisdom, applying God's word to our life with stopping and starting and stopping and starting instead of a steady progression? 
right? It's, it's not that we need to race to get to a certain point. It's that progressing each and every day. Now, yes, we're going to take two steps forward and we'll take a step back or two, but it is the constant progression towards getting where God wants us to be. And I'm here to tell you, if you're not happy, if you wouldn't be happy about a building project that stopped and started or, or just quit for a long time, why are we happy doing that with the Lord? We shouldn't be. We need to consistently get into this Bible. Look at verse 2. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. Again, this is other things she's doing to get ready for a feast. I notice one thing. It just says she mingled her wine. And I know uh, people love to latch on on the things that talk about wine in the Bible. But this uh, just is another reminder that in that day, they mixed wine with water. And in fact, I was reading, sometimes it's four parts water to one part wine. Sometimes it was even 20 parts water to one part wine. But anyway, so she sends out these invitations. Then uh, the next part, look at verse three. She has sent forth her maiden. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him, come, eat of my bread and drink of my wine, with I, which I have mingled. So wisdom is going out and sending out these maidens, these messengers, and she is inviting the people. The simple, the ones that don't have a lot of knowledge and saying, hey, anyone who wants understanding, anybody who wants truth, anyone who wants true wisdom, just come. I've got a house ready prepared. I've got a feast ready prepared. I've got the bread ready. I've got everything ready. And that makes me think, you know what? Isn't that the way God is, right? What's he say? James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. It should be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. God says, I will freely, liberally give you wisdom. Right? That's what he says. If you lack it and you ask for it by faith, I will give it to you. And we need more of it. Right? We need more of it guiding our lives. Because the opposite. Right? What's he saying? Uh, nothing wavering. And then after that, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven in the wind and tossed. And I thought about that. What happens when a ship out there gets, you know, something goes wrong in the ship. They lose the engine. And they're just, the waves are just you know, knocking it back and forth and it's not really going in a direction that it wants to. It's just getting tossed around. This world is the same way. They have no anchor, right? There's no truth. Everyone picks their own truth. It changes from one day to another. They have nothing to anchor onto, no foundation, nothing that will keep. So all they do, just like the waves, a new idea comes in, uh, a, a new opinion comes in, right? A new, uh, a new cultural norm comes in and they just keep going back and forth getting swayed around and here's the problem they get they get knocked around so much that their minds are suffering for it and that's what we're seeing they have no anchor they're just out in the storm being battered about but we have the unchanging truth right we have the true word of god but it only helps if you latch onto it and apply it that's what he's talking about it can't just be in your brain it has to be wisdom it has to be acted out 6 forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding now the word foolish right what do we think about those people that don't 
make good choices, right? They do dumb things. That's who we think about. And sometimes foolish, we instantly think of people that are uneducated. But when the Bible talks about foolishness, you know what it's talking about? A much broader category. Anyone who doesn't have biblical knowledge and wisdom is foolish. That's it. Everyone else is foolish. So guess what? You could be highly educated. You can read all kinds of books, right? Highly read. You can have degrees. You can be the respected authority on some subject in this world. But if it differs from the Bible, God says it's foolish, right? And we've got a whole lot of foolishness out there, right? Anyone who goes against the Bible is seen as a fool in God's eyes. But you see what it's saying right here? If you want true biblical wisdom, you've got to forsake the foolish. And the problem is the foolish have platforms all over the place today, right? They, they can use video. They can, uh, you, it is so much easier to publish a book now. You don't have to have backing. You just make the book and throw it up there on Amazon, on Kindle. And, and, and if it sells, you get money. If it doesn't sell, it doesn't cost you a thing, right? You don't even have to have people that are behind you. You don't have to build a building and invite people in. You just hold up the camera and start spewing foolishness. But it's not just those with, uh, uh, you know, just with uh, no technology. They, they are, they've got people in New York City and other big cities with these multi-million dollars studios and cameras and everything else pointed at them spewing foolishness right that's what we see but here's the problem we've got to forsake them and the reason I skip down to verse 13 is look what's happening a foolish woman is clamorous she is simple and knoweth nothing she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of her city And look at verse 15, to call passengers who go right on their ways. This, I believe, is the constant struggle we have today. Not the world. The world's not struggling with this because they're all they're listening to is the foolish. We're the ones struggling with it. Because remember, wisdom had sent out her maidens to cry out to invite them in. And now the foolish woman, what is she being? Clamorous. That means loud, raging, crying, roaring, an uproar, everything else. And this is what I'm seeing today, aren't you? The world is there. uh, You've got the wisdom calling out and you've got the foolish woman calling out. The problem is the foolish woman is louder. Amen. That's what we're seeing. Clamorous, right? They're both calling people out, both inviting people in. And there are people trying to go right in their ways, trying to go the right way. And she's calling out to them, trying to live righteously, right? Isn't that where we're facing today as a church? We're trying to live righteously. And all we have are these voices trying to call us out one way or another to try to get us away from God's will, from get us away from biblical wisdom, to turn from wisdom to their foolishness. What she say, verse 16. I'm sorry, verse 17, stolen, uh, what's, what's it say? Stolen waters. Oh no, sorry, 16. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him. She's giving almost the same message, but then 17, here's where it differs. Stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. See, this is uh, part of her foolish message. 
She's saying, hey, these stolen waters, back then wells were precious and they were, they were almost like an oil well, the water wells uh, in the desert areas. And they're saying, hey, a stolen well is better, tastes better than one you dug yourself. That's foolishness. It's, that's against God. And basically what she's saying and giving examples for is it's better to live against God than for God. It's better to commit unrighteousness than righteousness. Isn't that what we hear today? In every form, in every way, everything God's called us in, this world is wanting to promote and is wanting to say it's healthy and wanting to say it's good and everything else. That is the foolish woman clamoring out loud over and over again. It's better to sin than to please God. That's what she's saying. She doesn't say that outright. But she convinces the simple, right? The ones who don't, the simple-minded that don't have the biblical wisdom daily with her lies and her deception. And here's the ultimate deception at the end. The foolish one, the one that's being, or the one that's being called out, that's trying to walk in the right way, that doesn't have the biblical knowledge, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. That's the end of foolishness. It's hell. Without Jesus Christ, without a fear of him, you won't have a biblical knowledge. Without a fear of the Lord, you're not going to uh, uh, live your life as if you're going to stand before him one day. Just like in Noah's day, they, they didn't think judgment would ever come. Just like they were telling Paul, where's the Lord at? When's he coming? Right? Where is he? Did he forget about us? Just like they're saying today, there's no way the Lord's... Today I hear, oh, he's my friend. Like uh, Jesus and I have an understanding. No, his understanding is you're a sinner. And you can come to him for salvation. That's his understanding. But the foolish today. They're listening to the clamorous call. The loud call of foolishness. And they're walking in the, that direction. And they don't realize that on the other side of death is hell. But here's the thing. I'm not interested in following them. I can't stop. The yelling of the foolish woman. And neither can you. We can't stop it. But what we can do. Is we can choose. Which voice to heed. Amen. Amen. That voice. The other voice is always going to be louder. But guess what. We got a still small voice. That's not changing. Right. We've got a word that's not changing. And that's what I want to hold on to. It's a constant struggle. But you know what's wonderful? You look back and as you spend more and more time over the years in God's word, you see that foundation start to be built upon and more and more structure is on top of it. And guess what can happen at that point? Then you become someone that can teach other people. You become someone that can tell other people the truth about the Lord. It, it takes a long time uh, to live this life and to get closer to God. But I'm glad that what he wants is he wants us constantly day after day. This is not a sprint. It's a long-term thing. And although I may not see the gains from yesterday to today, 
I can look back from last year to this year, two, three years ago to this year, and I can see a change in my life. That's what we all need. But we can't be just content with building a little wisdom and then walking away. Because you walk away, that other voice is louder. Amen. All right.